Hello, and welcome to We Work Europe, the podcast of the European Centre for Workers' Questions. In this episode, we travel to Bulgaria. You will learn about distance, about wages that separate families from each other, and you will get to know the ones who build bridges over those gaps. This is We Work Europe. podcast of the European Centre for Workers' Questions. I have two sons. One went to study in Denmark and stayed on to work there, but not medicine-related. The other one is an actor. He lives in Sofia and doesn't want to go abroad. My husband is also abroad. This is Krasimira Dimitrova. She decided to stay in Bulgaria, while parts of her family moved away. It's difficult, because we often have to travel between Denmark and Bulgaria. More than 1,500 kilometers lie between her and her husband and son. A flight from the Balkans to Scandinavia. An excursion to a different kind of life. They feel they're better paid over there. Bulgaria is last place when it comes to GDP per capita in the European Union, while Denmark makes third place, being almost six times higher. In Bulgaria, the wages are quite low, and as inflation is going up, tension among workers is rising. There were times when things were better, but over these last few years, when prices are higher, Wages are the same and don't change. The nurses are overburdened because there's not enough staff. One nurse does the work of two or three. Krasmira is one of them. She works in the oncological clinic in Varna, on the coast of the Black Sea. During the high peak of the Covid pandemic, hospital staff were working at their absolute limits. For a short time, the government paid additional wages in order to keep the healthcare system running. Hospital wards were transformed into COVID stations. Yet, the number of deaths remained at a high level during the winters of 2020 and 2021. Now, more than half a year later, in summer 2022, working conditions hadn't improved much. The additional payments are gone, and so were a lot of the needed doctors and nurses. According to the Bulgarian Association of Healthcare Professionals, 1,000 nurses and other medical professionals leave Bulgaria every year. With family abroad, Krasimira could easily leave Bulgaria and its working conditions behind. Instead, she is still trying to improve them, not only for herself. For more than 20 years, the nurse has been a member of a trade union centre called Podkrepa, a member centre of the ESA network. In the trade union, we tried, for example, with the nurses who worked in kindergartens, which were closed during COVID. We negotiated mandatory paid leave for them, rather than them having to use their own. 
тази ситуация екстремна. It is one step towards more worker-friendly conditions. The journey will be a long one, as it is not only the health sector, but also the education, care and agricultural sectors. Perspectives look brighter elsewhere. For decades, Bulgaria has been shaped by emigration. The collapse of the Soviet Union around 1990 contributed massively to this. When Bulgaria entered the European Union in 2007, emigration levels fell. Since 2014, Bulgarians have enjoyed freedom of movement for workers. Working seasonally in another country and returning to Bulgaria on a regular basis has become popular. Therefore, the number of emigrants is almost nine times higher than that of immigrants. As a consequence, the population is shrinking, dropping in the past 30 years from 8.8 million to the current 6.8 million. As it is mostly people between the age of 25 and 54 years old who are emigrating, Bulgaria's population is becoming older and older. This is a development Podkriepa must react to, says Confederal Secretary Alexander Zagorov. Reforming labor in Bulgaria is a huge topic, but unions will change just like the way work has changed. We have to change when the workforce changes and the way it works does too. The unions will have to become their own little communities, which offer extra services such as requalification, which we were not really focusing on at the moment. Extra services, for example, looking for a better job rather than just fighting for what we're worth and looking for better working conditions. There'll be really big changes, but I don't think they'll change us that much. We'll stick by one another. In 2023, a lot of national plans and strategies will change. For example, the climate and energy plan, as well as plans for the development of certain regions, will be drawn up. Then, in 2024, Bulgaria will introduce the euro as its currency. All of that offers opportunities. Nevertheless, people feel insecure about the future. Alexander is skeptical about Bulgarian politicians moving towards these transitions. He is also not expecting any support from the European Union. The EU doesn't really focus on the small details and are real hindrance. For example, on how to obtain justice during the energy transition when there's no justice in the emissions trading scheme. We don't see any political leader or any specific messages coming across to reassure us. We don't see any economic common sense or strategy in order to make our lives better. Alexander talks at a national level with government and state institutions, illustrating for them the concerns of workers, for example, of miners whose work will be strongly affected by the energy transition. Protests to demand higher wages and more safety in the workplace have happened in various sectors. In June, museum and library workers protested for better pay. The Minister of Education initially ignored the protests and did not seek talks with the unions, says the Podkriepa employee. Yeah. In the end, we managed to get the attention of the minister through parliament. He admitted that his behavior was unacceptable, 
Contact was made with the protesters, with their representatives, meaning with the unions, and in the end they signed a collective agreement protected by funds from the state budget. To put pressure on the government, trade unions need a lot of members. But Alexander and his colleagues observe a decline in their numbers, especially amongst young people. It is a challenge to recruit them. Not everyone feels the need to join a trade union. IT jobs are higher paid than almost every other field in Bulgaria. I know that in the US, for instance, programming is kind of higher paid, but for East Europe specifically, the IT sphere is just developing quickly and there's many job opportunities, higher paid jobs, and that's why most people gravitate towards it. Nikolai Tanchev began his job as a software support specialist for a US company headquartered in Sofia just a couple of months ago. In the past, the 26-year-old studied fashion design. He then became one of the people who, according to him, are gravitating to the IT sector. It now accounts for 100,000 jobs, most of them centred around the Bulgarian capital. While there are a lot of international outsourcing companies, there's also a startup scene emerging. The IT sector mostly comprises of a young workforce, with a lot of women in management. In fact, the sector has the highest quota of women in the whole of the EU. Amid this prosperous environment, Nikolai has no ambitions to join a trade union or to leave the country. But some of his friends have already made that decision. For instance, a friend of mine that uh, wanted to study medicine, she went to study abroad and she has no plans of coming back. Same as a friend that uh, works in cinematography. She studied in France, graduated and is currently working freelance in Paris. Again, she doesn't have any ideas to come back. Although young people would be very beneficial for the country, a lot of employers don't make any efforts to keep them, says Alexander Zagorov. I wouldn't want to be a young person in Bulgaria. Young people are overwhelmed with information, which to a large extent give them the impression that it's not a good place to stay in long term. Due to the things like the war, a lack of opportunities for career development, the way employers treat employees, especially young ones, they want younger workers to have lower salaries, to work longer. They want to lord it over them the whole time, and young people just aren't prepared to put up with it. Now, and for the future, it remains a big task for Podkrepa to not only gain the attention of young people, but to convince them to become trade union members and not to leave the country. This would strengthen Podkrepa and its members, and ultimately improve their working conditions. That's it for this episode of We Work Europe. A big thank you goes to Veselin Mitov, International Secretary of Podkrepa and ESA Vice President, who kindly organised our stay in Bulgaria, and to Emil Antonov from Podkrepa, who worked as an interpreter. If you want to dive deeper into the healthcare sector of Bulgaria, you'll find an article in the latest edition of the ESA magazine, which you can subscribe to for free. If you have feedback or remarks about this episode, just write an email to isa at isa.org. This podcast was narrated by me, Rebecca Sharp. 
and is a production of Escucha, Audio Identity. This podcast is funded by the European Union.